0: Rejection, what if it's a positive? One of the things I I like is, how do I get a certain amount of rejections? Because guess what? Every no is getting you closer to some yes. And all these people who've had millions of dollars of success or beyond have tried a lot of things, and they've had these rejections, and they just keep going anyways.
1: How long does it take to start a business? You might be thinking years. You got to come up with the idea, put money behind it. But Noah Kagan says you can do it in just a few days. In fact, he wrote a book about it. Noah is the author of Million Dollar Weekend, the surprisingly simple way to launch a business in 48 hours. And he's my guest today on this special edition of Learn With Shopify. So if you want to learn how to start a successful business in one weekend, just keep watching because Noah has launched $7 million businesses. Insane. One is hard enough, seven. He's the founder of AppSumo, was an early employee at Facebook, Intel, and Mint. So I think it's safe to say that Noah has a good nose for great opportunity and can't think of a better person to get sound business advice from. So, Noah, thanks for being here.
0: That was great. Thank you for having me.
1: Just starting the business is sometimes the hardest part. And in one of your recent videos, you talk about how you go to Reddit. Um, And then in the DIY subcategory, you look out for posts with, you know, tons of comments like, I want that. And then I personally think that's a really genius way of finding demand in unexpected places. Mm. So for our viewers that have already looked in obvious places like Google and whatnot, do you have any more hidden gems of where they can do research to spark new business ideas?
0: Ooh, spicy. I like it. The the number one way to find business opportunities— is really yourself. The business opportunities I've always really pursued that are my favorite and that I've ended up working well, like AppSumo.com and even Toby with Shopify. You know, he did a snowboard business and he's like, hey, there's not a solution. Huh, maybe if I made one for myself, that's literally something you can find out and, and validate in a 48-hour period to become a billion-dollar business. Let's just take an example. Do you have a dog or cat?
1: Person? I have a dog. You're a dog,
0: okay. <laughs> and so yeah. let's say you had an idea and you're like, I'm going to build a Shopify site for dog toothbrushes great. It's a problem you have. Your dog's breast smells. You want it to smell good. You want to get like cool canine toothbrush. <laughs> what most people do is they go sign up for Shopify right away, right? They go get a domain. They go watch more videos and they go listen to your guys' podcast, which they should. Then they grab more books, more courses. And then they're like, okay, I think I'm ready, but I probably need to talk to a few more friends, right? So that, and that point in time, it could be three, six months and they have no progress. Now, the other way, the new way I would say like someone like yourself, if that's your idea for an e-commerce business is you could literally text one friend or call them, get feedback on that idea and actually get them to pre-order your dog toothbrush and find out very quickly if it's a business that you actually want to pursue much later down the road. Now there's a lot more to it, but what I'm trying to encourage people to to really realize is that you don't need to spend more money. You don't need to spend more time to actually build a million dollar business. And that's that's definitely a huge breakthrough of how do you get going right now and, and not worry about so much of the how other ways people can think about how to come up with business ideas. I'll give you three that are my favorite. Number one, you can look at your credit card bill. So what are you spending money on? Are you spending a lot of money on dog food? Number two is look at things you're avoiding. (laughs) So uh, out here in Austin, I've been avoiding hanging up this painting at my house. It's literally on the floor. It's been about a month. Okay. Honestly, it's been two months, but I just didn't want to say that. And there's a lot of other things that I've been avoiding in the house. And it's like, oh, really nice to have like a house manager person, but I don't need full time. And you start thinking about it. Like that's a lot of how these best businesses happen. And a lot of the best businesses happen in a very, very short amount of time. And the last thing I would say is think about how your day goes. I like breaking it down into like morning, afternoon, and night. And then think about, okay, what happened in my day? And you start thinking, look, there's nothing. Like I was talking to James Altucher. He's like, there's nothing. And I was like, James, tell me about your morning. I played five hours of chess. Oh, how come? I want to be a grandmaster chess pro. Okay. How are you going about that? Well, I hired a coach. How's that going? He's like, I'm not getting the rating. Oh, okay. So it sounds like in your morning, you want to have better chess teaching so you can get to somewhere. And then you start realizing like a lot of the most exciting problems are ones you have yourself. And then you have to follow the process to see if it's a million dollar opportunity. And if other people then are excited to give you money for it or not
1: amazing, amazing advice. I think oftentimes I hear like, think about, you know, a problem and find a solution to it. And I think you just kind of highlighting really practical ways of how you can identify problems is going to be super helpful. So I appreciate that. So once someone has their idea ready to go, then there's always the question about money. So how much money do you think people really need to start a business?
0: You don't need any money. And I know that might surprise people, but I've started AppSumo.com, which today does $80 million a year in revenue, which is unbelievable for software deals. And I started it for $48 and I could have probably just started it for less. And so people believe they need more time. They need a better idea. They need a founder or they need some more stuff. And they really just don't. I think that's the part I've really, we really diagnosed, and I think solved and cracked uh, in Million Dollar Weekend, which was. Before you're worried about the idea, before you even worried about the money, like, what's the thing that's held everyone back from getting going? And so the two things we've, we've identified and, and recognized is really about how do they get going, get going today, like right now. I, I was showing this example. My friend has had this idea to have weekly date nights. He's got kids. So he's like, I just want a babysitter every Tuesday coming over, and I'll pay 400 bucks a month, so $100 a week. I are like, okay. I always think validation, which means seeing if other people want it. Can you get three other customers in 48 hours? He's like, yeah, I have other friends who have kids that probably want day night. I was like, all right, let's call them right now. And there's other ways of validating. So, but number one, it's how do you get going right now? And you worry less about the how. Like, how am I going to find a babysitter? Don't worry about that. Let's see if people want it. Because those are the excuses that hold you back from ever getting started. And so if you can just practice becoming a starter and getting good at starting and you keep swinging at things, eventually, yes, those things will lead you to the right destination. And the second area that I do think is just as powerful that people don't recognize as holding them back is getting better at asking. You know, asking is sales. And on my YouTube channel, I've interviewed a lot of billionaires. I worked for Zuckerberg, Moskovitz, uh, a lot of different people who are billionaires. And almost every billionaire will say that one of the biggest things that's helped them become a billionaire is sales, becoming good at sales. And what is a sale? It's an ask. So how do we get better, you know, asking a guest to come on a show? Maybe it's, if you're in a day job, asking for a raise, Or in an e-commerce store, it's like asking for someone to buy your product. And so how do we practice those two things so that we can start getting better at just everything that's been holding us back from even getting going to the ideas? Don't I need to buy all the product in the inventory before I sell it? I mean, the Cybertruck came out six years after people pre-ordered it, right? Your airplane flights, you pre-order those months ahead of time. Hotels, concerts, events, a lot of things are pre-ordered and That is an indication if you're interested in something. And I found that to be the most indicative that, okay, people want it. Now let me go be resourceful. And it's easier because I have money and I've proved that people are excited about what I'm working on.
1: Okay, so you've got your business idea. Your money is all queued up. uh, Now we need to find customers. So where (laughs) am I going to find my first customers?
0: Oy vey. When we started talking about ideas, think about areas that you have business that you have, one, your zone of influence. So who do you have access to? So for me, I probably wouldn't start a dog business because I don't care about dogs and I don't really know a lot about dogs. I don't even know if I have a lot of friends who have dogs. I'm like that weird guy that's like, oh, it's a dog. But there's other people who have dogs. So that's potentially and ideally what I'd encourage people to start a business around. So think about what is the zone of influence you can easily access? Which groups do you have access to? And maybe what expertise are things do you have a deeper understanding of than other people? So if you're doing someone like yourself, What I would encourage you to do, let's take the dog toothbrush and stick with it. I call it the Dream 10. This is inspired by Chet Holmes. Do you have other dog friends? I do. Do you you go to like a dog park? You guys like dog parties? Yes. I would literally just keep it super basic. Let me make a list of 10 people that I know that have dogs. Let me look at my phone. Let me look at my Instagram, Snapchat, whatever. And then I could just message these people and present them the idea that I'm thinking of before – literally you've done anything. You haven't spent any money. You haven't spent a lot of time and you can find out really quickly.
1: You said the way that you know you have a good business idea is if people are excited to give you your money. But tell me more about that. I'm so curious to hear how and when you've experienced that. And I think it's definitely difficult, especially with e-commerce, to really feel that emotion. Um, But yeah, curious to hear a little bit more about your experience as a business owner and how people can tap into their customers' feelings as well.
0: Totally. And this... You know, still applies whether you're doing eighty million dollars a year or doing eighty dollars a year, right? It's still sure. listening to the customer. So I'll give you different examples of of listening to your customer, good and bad, uh, and then the outcomes from it. So there's a guy named Jake who read Million Dollar Weekend, and he wanted to start an e commerce business uh, around golf trips, so you can go and buy like a golf trip. I don't golf. I go to the golf range and I you know, I eat tacos and some nachos out there, but I'm not a golfer, so it's not a business I would start. But he's done golf trips and he loves it. So before he even built anything, he contacted people. He created his Dream 10 list, contacted them and said, hey guys, I'm working on a golf trip. It's going to be about $5,000. We're going to go to Badlands. The other two ways you can do it is how do you approach marketplaces? So let's say you're excited to do water bottles or this dog toothbrushes. Are there dog forums? Is there Etsy? Where are there communities where you can – there's people that potentially have money and, and raising their hand, maybe like Reddit or indie hackers, that you can post these things and see if people are excited to give you money. It's more passive. That's why I'm generally not as a fan of that. But it, it's definitely effective. And the last one that I would say historically people know, uh, are familiar with is like buy landing pages. So you buy ads and you send people to a landing page or you send them to your Shopify store before you've even built the product to see if they're, they're actually buying it. Kettle and Fire, they're on Shopify. A buddy of mine named Justin Mares, he had a landing page for Bone Broth this about 10 years ago, bought some ads for Bone Broth because it was cheap, and people came and bought the Bone Broth. It did not exist. Mm-hmm. And then he let them know, hey, I'm going to be making it and I'll be sending it to you. And now that business, I believe a few years ago, is generating $100 million a year in revenue. Now, the thing that's important here is that Justin's also tried a lot of other businesses that when they came to Click, no, they didn't buy anything. Or last week... I was doing Million Dollar Weekend uh, myself to prove it works. And I attempted to start a lawn mowing business. And I knocked on my neighbor's doors, which was pretty uncomfortable. They're like, Who? Don't, what, don't you run like AppSumo? Aren't you like a YouTuber? And you have this book. Like, what are you doing? When do you want to mow my lawn? <laughs> and uh, I will tell you, I asked them to mow their lawns and everyone rejected me. Or they're like, if you really want me to, I will. And what you're looking for is an excitement to give you that money. Mm-hmm. Like you've identified a problem that they're, maybe you're mowing their lawn and it's half as much. Maybe you're more reliable. Maybe you show up every uh, every other week, but you do other parts of the house. And they're like, oh my God, yes. And in 24 hours, really, I was able to prove this is something people are excited. And now I can go build out, you know, a million dollars and beyond business.
1: It sounds like you have to get real comfortable with rejection.
0: <laughs> right? Yeah, but- is rejection a bad thing or a good thing? You know, one of the Absimo values is feedback is a gift. Right. And so if you're starting any type of e-commerce business, whether it's stands, whether it's mugs, whether it's pens, whether it's dog-related, think about the gift that someone's telling you, like, hey, I'm not that excited about it. And you can learn why not, and then maybe you can find something they are excited about. Because you're going to work hard either way. Right. So why don't you find the thing that they're like, hey, I don't really care about that. Great. Can you tell me why you don't? Okay, cool. That's interesting. And the rejection, you know, instead of such a negative, like, what if it's a positive? You know, one of the things I I like is, how do I get a certain amount of rejections? Because guess what? Every no is, is getting you closer to some yes. And all these people who've had, you know, millions of dollars of success or beyond have tried a lot of things and they've had these rejections and they just keep going anyways. And that is what happens in business is that you have to get started and then you have to stick with it. But if you just kind of like keep sitting on the sidelines waiting for it to be ready, there's the only time is now. It really is right now.
1: I love that. You talked a little bit about the customer first approach versus the founder first approach. Mm. What's the difference between the two?
0: So it is great to solve your own problems, but there's a Venn diagram of your problems and what the world wants to pay for. (laughs) And it's the same thing with everything, like content. Like, I want to make videos where I sat at my desk and I, hello, let me share about, you know, what we're doing up soon today. And I put out those videos and no one watched them. Then we said, all right, well, let's try something different, which was me knocking on doors of uh, mansions and saying, what do you do for a living? And guess what? People like watching that. And so you have to understand who is your customer, right? So for me, in all of the stuff we do, it's these, we call them the underdogs. So it's people aspiring on the business journey. They need either inspiration or they need information, uh, to be able to take action for what they want. Now, the founder-first approach is when you have the idea for content or for e-commerce business, and you just start making this stuff, and you totally neglect who you're making it for and seeing if that's something they're actually excited about. And I'll even give you a recent example from AppSumo. You know, AppSumo is more or less daily deals for solopreneurs. So you can get software one-time price for as a entrepreneur online. And we launch around 30 deals a month. So we go out and scour the whole internet and we get amazing prices on them. I don't know how we do it, but the team does. And we promote really, really cool products, like even Shopify back in the day we've promoted when you guys were getting started. And so in 2022, two years ago, I had the idea, like if we 10X the amount of deals from 600, which is what we have in our store to over 6,000, we're going to 10X the business. And of course, I'm a genius. So everything I, I come up with works. And then you've, you get humbled and you're like, oh, maybe I need to listen to my own advice. And so we ran very quickly in the wrong direction. And we, lo- we went to actually 13,000 products in our store, in our e-commerce store at AppSumo. And I ignored the team. I ignored our partners. I ignored our customers. And that's the founder first approach. Now, in retrospect, very easily, a customer first approach would have been, we have 650 products let's put out maybe 10% more products. So let's go 650 to 700 and see how the customers respond. So you can, the way we call it at Absim was test, then invest. So I just double-downed. I was like, oh, this is of course going to work. But if you test something, see how your customers respond, ask them, survey them, look at the, some of the data, uh, it will save you, it took us basically a year to unwind that. And that also hurt you know our brand and our trust with our customers. But that is the customer-first approach, which is, let me put out 25, 50 more deals, see how the response is. And if that works, then I can keep scaling it out. Versus, you know, the founder first approach is where we, we know we're right. And so we, we act upon that uh, incorrectly.
1: I'm chatting with Noah Kagan, founder of AppSumo and author of Million Dollar Weekend. Before that, I want to say thank you for listening. Please take a moment to subscribe to Shopify Masters and check out our backlog of episodes. There are lots of great conversations in there and tell a friend about us too. Thanks. You have had an awesome amount of experience in terms of the, the amount of businesses that you've tested and tried and played with. Oy vey. Oy vey. Preaching to the choir. Oy vey. I love it. How can you discern whether you're looking at a $1,000 business or a million dollar business? What has it been for you? Has it been like an intuitive feeling? Has it been hard data? Has it been a mix yeah. of
0: both? It's more, there's really two key things I'm looking for. Number one, how does the market look? Right? So if you go and look up gum, it's probably pretty flat. And what I like to use is Google Trends. What I'm looking for is just, and again, everything I'm telling you is no money and no time. Because I want to make sure that whether if you're very, very busy and you have a day job, which most people do, I don't want you to quit your day job. I want you to find out if you have something, get it going, and then once you get to your freedom number, then quit your day job, which is what I've done twice and both businesses went on to become multi-million dollar businesses. So you go to Google Trends and you search and you look over the five-year trend and you're looking at comparisons. So how has gum been over the past five years? How has energy drinks been over the past five years? And you're looking for markets that are at ideally flat, but really you're looking for growth. So take AppSumo as an example. AI software is an example of this. Or software for AppSumo. If you look at 2010, when I started it, there was about 10 software products. And I would say half, I don't know, I'm ballparking it, but a lot of our success is because the market just got bigger and we were a part of it. And so thinking about that for yourself, I have another friend who does the opposite. He loves to choose businesses that are on the decline. So he chose newspapers and then he chose COVID masks. And I was like, just double-check it. Take two seconds, double-check it, and you'll see it's declining really quickly, man. And no matter how well you do, you're, you're going to lose. So that's part one, right? Just understand how the market potentially could be looking. And also, it's helpful to have comparison. So let's say you have a dog business, check a cat business. If you have a cat business, check a parakeet business. Check a hamster business. And just by comparing, you can get indications how is your specific industry. Now, the second part that I like to do is, like, how hard would it be for me to make a million dollars profit for myself. And so what you're looking for is that, is there any data to support how many people are interested in this and how much do they probably spend on it? Right. So that's part one. You can do Facebook ads. You can use ChatGPT, You can frankly Google it and see like how many people are drinking coffee. How many people drink coffee? A lot. (laughs) And then how much do people spend on coffee? A good amount. Again, what I'm looking for is that, is there at least a million dollar opportunity? Sure. Because you're going to work hard either way. So why not you find the one that at least has a million dollars or beyond of people spending money in it that you can get for yourself? And the last part of the sequence to make sure you're working on at least a million dollar opportunity, if not beyond, is a one minute business model. So what that specifically means is that if I wanted to make a million dollars, how many do I have to sell? So you take the the price that you sell it for, your revenue, minus the cost of selling it, plus shipping if you're doing e-commerce, and that's a profit. And you divide that by a million and you see very quickly, like, holy crap. Like I started a, a business called Sumo Jerky doing this live in 24 hours and i found out very quickly that selling one-off jerky packets was going to take me forever to make uh money but if i sold subscriptions like three months six months 12 months subscriptions i could get the money up front and then i could sell them maybe offices i could sell to maybe people who have bigger budgets and so i was able to generate a thousand dollars profit in 24 hours And what you're looking for is just trying to get an understanding of how hard it will be for you. And then you could change the revenue dials of maybe subscriptions, maybe it's complimentary products, maybe it's my pricing. It's the same thing Jake did on his golf trips. He was pricing things incorrectly, like he was going to pay for airfare. And he's like, huh, if I do the one minute business model, which I break out in the book, take out airfare, holy crap, my margins get up. I I think he only needed a few hundred people to make a million dollars for himself.
1: Okay, so I feel like we have a really good kind of feel for laying the groundwork of starting a business. But now I'm curious to know a little bit more about scaling. So let's say that you've set up your Shopify site or your custom site in your case. You've made a few sales. How do you know that it's working? How do you know that those sales are validating your business idea?
0: So I'm gonna focus the answer more on the scale because I do think there's gonna be a lot of people in the audience who are like, dude, I'm already making money, right? Like 1,000 a month, 10,000 a month, 100,000 a month. Like, how'd you get to millions a month? Uh, I'll break it down in a few different ways to how do you get to seven or eight or nine figures. Number one, most people in e commerce or businesses try to do more than one business or they try to do too many things. They have one working and they're like, I'm going to start a new one. And that's great. They should try it. But the best business is the one that works. So if you have something that people are paying you for, the easiest way to grow it is just keep doing the thing that helped you grow to begin with. And the problem with that, Michelle, is that it's not fun. Because it's like, oh, no, I need to come up with a Facebook ad. It's like, okay, well, how'd you grow your business? Uh, I, I message people one-on-one, and then I ask for referrals on LinkedIn. Okay, and how often are you doing that today? Oh, I'm not really doing it as much. And how is, how's growth? Oh, it's kind of flat. Huh, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> and I hope they hear themselves, because it's really – and this is true for almost every business. Like they stopped doing the things that got them successful. And you can just go revisit that. And that is probably one of the easiest ways to grow any e-commerce business, frankly, any business. Now to scale these, these online stores specifically, uh, I would break it down in, in kind of two key components. Number one, and I learned this from Zuckerberg, have a very clear goal with a timeline. So let's take westeeptea.com. I want to sell a thousand packets of tea this year. Great. That's great. Pick some target. Maybe it's revenue, maybe it's customers, maybe it's number of dog toothbrushes sold, whatever it is, and then have a timeline. So many times newer entrepreneurs are like, "Uh, yeah, I just want to grow. Do you just drive your car and then, you know, you end up where you end up? No, you you say, hey, I I want to go to this restaurant. I want to go to this beach. And then you plan a route there and then you execute it. And that's the same thing in business. And so I want to have this number, $1000 which is great and I want to have it by the end of the year. Okay, great. Now, let's at least try to understand what are all the ways that you could do to get to the $1000. And so the second component of that is how do I list out all my opportunities to get there? And so there's a guy named Daniel Bliss. He's on Shopify and he's a postal worker out in Canada. And Daniel wanted to sell rock climbing glasses and then in his uh store rock climbing store, I think he got some sales and it's like, "All right, well, how do I scale?" And so he had a goal to quit his postal working job and be able to live in Thailand. So I was like, if I can make 4,000 bucks, and ideally, this is what I call the freedom number, it's like, how do I find the minimum amount I need to live so I can actually do the thing I want? And it's always less than people realize. And it's available. Everyone can do it. I believe in that, 100%. For Daniel and in marketing, you have to know where you're going to go with the timeline, and then map out all the different options you think you can get there. And then project what you think sales will come from. So let's just take Daniel, for instance. It was with these rock climbing glasses. All right, I can do a Facebook ad. I can message more clubs. I can message more friends. I can message online stores. I can post it on eBay. Maybe today, you know, he can start TikToks and do more YouTube stuff. And then from each of these activities, the way I like to recommend is try to not spend any money on it. And prioritize it based on projected sales. And what that'll do is help you think about, okay, well, here's all, there's 15 different ideas. What's the ones I think are going to make the biggest impact? And I I like stack ranking. This is stuff we still do at AppSumo to this day. And choosing one a week, I think is generally what I've noticed, that you go and try really hard. But you can also do one a day. You can try multiple a day. There's not a set rule on that. To find out, like I thought, you know, with Daniel, we thought Facebook ads would sell something, didn't sell anything. We thought Google and like trying to post blog posts would sell stuff, didn't sell anything for him. But wholesaling worked. And that was one of the ones we tried. And it was like, oh, this works. Contacting rock climbing stores, offering for them, hey, I can sell these rock climbing glasses. And that's what got him to his number and got him to Thailand. So in terms of the scale, number one, revisit more of what you already did that work. That's, that's the number one thing that most people stop. But then secondly, try to just find the number two thing and not number three. And what I mean by that is, like, at AppSumo.com, really, we only, we only really grow in, I would say, two key ways, besides the, the product themselves. Like, you have to have something that people want. Number one, ads, so Google ads, and number two is our affiliate program. So we sponsor a lot of video creators at AppSumo. That's pretty much it. And a lot of people are really like, how do I have, like, four different marketing channels? It's like, why don't you just find one that works, and make sure you maximize the hell out of it. And again, like, let me you know, AppSumo, for instance, we didn't go and just do affiliate and like, all right, we're going to get you pay for software and we're going to build teams. We contacted people that were buying AppSumo and we said, hey, we're doing an affiliate program. Does anyone want to do it? And we used a Google spreadsheet and I think Bitly, like a link tracker and saw if anyone drove sales. Mm-hmm. And then when that worked, we went and got like the cheapest software we could find. I think it was like IDev Affiliate, which I don't even know if it was around. Then we used that. And now today, you know, five, 10 years later of it, maybe 10 years we spend $120,000 a year on impact.com software, which is not that good software, but it's expensive. And uh, point being, though, is that we tested it, it worked, and now there's a team, I think give or take around six people, uh, and that channel is a million-dollar-a-month channel.
1: Going a little off book here, because you had so many gems that I'm like, I need to touch on, on on this. What really interested me was you saying, okay, you know, a lot of creators, or I should say founders, they kind of start with an idea they get excited about it. And then it comes down to the point where it's like, okay, this is no longer new and exciting. Now this is actual work because now you have to go in and do the same thing over and over, day in and day out. And for the people that might say, oh, I don't wanna do that, I don't wanna do that, you know, like, are those the type of people do you think that are cut out for being a founder?
0: Everyone can be a founder.
1: Love that answer. Everyone. Love that answer. Okay, why do you think that?
0: I believe everyone can be an entrepreneur. There are people like myself who are more comfortable asking. But it's not some exclusive skill. Like you don't have to be six foot four to be an entrepreneur. That's the beauty of it. My job today is promote software deals, make content, and go talk about it. I can't believe this is my job. But I got fired for and, or quit most of my 20s doing other things to find out around 30 the thing I actually could, I could stick with and I was enjoying sticking with. In the book, as well as for myself, I talk about the law of 100. And the idea here is like, how do you not give up too soon? So I found that doing 100 of something was able to help me stick with stuff. So with my YouTube channel, I did 150 videos and most of them didn't get significant traction, but it was just me on my phone, which everyone has. And I just started made a video and got a few hundred views. And I was like, this is fun. I like this. I like, I've always liked making content and being public. And I try, and then it worked for me. And I stuck with it because I was like, I'm going to do at least 100. And around like, give or take maybe the 100th video, it was like, they're not working as well as I think they could. Right. I was like, well, I'm just doing these sit down at home, talk about money videos. Let me try showing it. Let me go knock on doors. And that's when the video went to a million views. And I was like, oh, huh. Huh. I stuck with it. I'm proud of myself, which we all can. And then, you know, found the thing that was really working. And then you can look at my channel. A lot of my videos are that now.
1: I, and I want to talk about that because – you know, you're a repeat offender when it comes to scaling businesses. You know, you have, a, you have a million subscribers on YouTube. So it's been a pattern for you. And I think, you know, for everyone that has been following you and they, and they want to follow in your footsteps, what do you think is kind of like that it factor when it comes to being a successful entrepreneur? Do you think it's about mindset? Do you think it's about work ethic?
0: I think what's crazy is that there's so many ordinary people getting rich every day. And there's, you know, I came from Silicon Valley. I worked for all these Harvard elitists. And you think that they, only them can have access to it. And when I got fired by Facebook, uh, I remember thinking like, okay, they know something I don't know. And the reality is that's just not true. And when I got fired, it was also the reality that I'm not in control of my destiny. They were. And the only way in, on this planet, in this rock that we all live is having your own business. And that doesn't mean you have to quit your job for it. But having your own business gives you that option so that no one can take away your livelihood. And that's what inspired me to be an entrepreneur. And so, the it factor, I would break it down into three things. Number one, you have to get started and you only need one hit to be successful. Like Toby probably tried a lot of businesses and then he got Shopify. And then, number two, I do think it's good for no matter what e commerce business you're doing to put yourself out there a little bit. One, you'll meet cool people, you'll build your relationships. And I will think like, you will get a lot of uh, potential customers because people connect with people, not with brands, I would say. And the last part, and I've seen this from billionaires, but really from a lot of millionaires, is that it does take time to get rich. And all you have to do is stick with it. That's it. You know, these billionaires I've interviewed, the founder of Kinko's, uh, Qualcomm, Uggs Boots, you don't get rich the first day right? All of them became billionaires after 20 years. And they all got rich off of just one thing, just one business. And so the, there's really good lessons in that for all of us. Like you have to get started because, and you have weekends, 52 of them to get, to get something to work. But I mean, I worked the first week and guess what? That's cool. It's fun. It should be enjoyable. Hey, it didn't work. Okay, great. What am I learning? It doesn't have to be this, you know, you talk about the it factor. It doesn't, it doesn't have to be some ominous, threatening, scary adventure. It should be fun. And if it's not, okay, then just revisit what's not fun about it. How can I make it enjoyable for myself? For me today, yeah, you know, I'd say my 20s and 30s, I, I was very anxious to get rich. <laughs> I was like mad and angry. I wanted to prove people wrong. I wanted to like, oh, I need to show these other people. And over time, you kind of find the thing that you just need to prove to yourself. And I think everyone, you know, can prove it to themselves. And I'm excited to see people do that.
1: Yeah. And you know what really stood out to me when you said that? You know, you have this limiting belief that all the rich people hold the cards and, uh, you know, everyone that's got it good kind of has a, spec- uh, you know, a secret. And I think that's so interesting because at least for me, I can really relate to that because, you know, mm. New Year, it's 2024. I have a list of limiting beliefs that I don't need. I'm going to cross them out. And I think what I've noticed in people that have, you know, been super successful, whether it's business or, you know, other areas, it's that they let go of these limiting beliefs. So for you, what would you say is a limiting belief that you've kind of released and, and you've been happy that you've done
0: that? I was hanging out with Nick Bear. He's, he's on Shopify uh BPN supplements. I love this guy. He's like so, he's such an idol to me and I really admire him. He's got a great YouTube channel where he was a bodybuilder, now he's like an ultra marathon runner, he's a father uh and he was in the service, uh, I believe in the Marines, and so maybe the army. And he created a, you know, eight-figure supplement business, which is really impressive. So BPN supplements. And he was telling me yeah. yesterday, uh, I was hanging out them in Nashville and he was like, "Yeah, man, I I went and interviewed all these CEOs and these these rich guys to come run rich guys and gals to run, you know, my company and some other stuff that's private. And the, the, the realization he did from meeting all these people was recognizing he could do it himself. <laughs> and that's true for all of us. And, and I think for, um, for me, like, let's take Million Dollar Weekend, but for everyone out there, you know, what's the hard thing we're avoiding? And what's the smallest, easiest, most fun, actionable thing I can do right now to face maybe a little bit of that fear and realize that I have more in me than I thought? I have found that action builds the most confidence and momentum makes you feel really good about yourself. You know, in this book, I was, I didn't believe I could actually help people if I'm, if I'm straight with myself. I was like, I, I can't help people. Like, yeah, I've worked for Zuckerberg. I helped build mint.com. I built many, many million dollar businesses, multimillion dollar businesses. And I'm, and I'm running one today. I'm a CEO, which is a lot of work. You know, I'm trying to be a good boyfriend and father and, you know, all these things. And it's like, oh, I, I don't think I can actually help all these people. And the reality, what was interesting is I just went and I started doing free weekend cohorts. So every weekend I would just meet with five people and we'd go through the book together and through one by one helping people. I was like, Oh, this does work. And it also made me feel like, wow, I I, I did the hard thing I was avoiding for a while and I'm very proud of myself. And we're all proud of ourselves when we do the hard thing, one that we want and two, that it's hard for us. like, most of the things, if everyone reflects back in their life, like, like look, go on your phone, look at your photos and scroll up. And a lot of the things you're like, oh, that was, that was hard, but I'm really proud of that. And and why? It's because it was challenging. And then you overcame it. Maybe it's a marathon, maybe it's a diet, but it also could be starting a business. I think business is the best, one of the best ways I've ever found to learn about myself. How do I interact with others? How do I feel worthy of myself? How do I communicate? How do I live the life I actually want to live? And I think business is a cool way that, that everyone can find out about themselves.
1: And, and building the self-trust too. Like I started from zero. Yeah. And I, I did this and I can do it again yes, and I can rely on myself. Yeah.
0: Yeah. What, one thing I want to highlight is I think people miss out on there. They're like, I want to be a millionaire. It's like to be a millionaire, you need to be a dollar nair. You need to get that first dollar to get to these places of, of feeling more confident and trusting yourself, right? It doesn't mean you're, you're not going to make a mistake, right? You're going to fail. And that's, that's what courage is. It's being afraid and doing it anyways and being like, okay, I made a f- mistake and that's okay. Let me try again then you might fail again, and that's okay. And, you're, you know, I still am failing to this day. Like, I put out a – I have a million subscribers on YouTube, which is – I think more people are excited about that than I am. And I put out a video last week that has 9,000 views. <laughs> that, I was just like, I guess people definitely hate me is number one. <laughs> you know, that, that's clear. Uh, but number two, it's like, okay, cool. What happened here? And what are we going to learn to do the another video? Because I, I like making the videos. And then you just get back at it and you make another video and you, you learn from those things and you keep improving it. And I would say what, what's missed out, especially like in e-commerce or in business in general, is compound business. So success takes time. And if you can do small, consistent wins compounded over many, many years, you will be shocked at the results of it. People talk about it in, in finance, but think about it in life in your own business. And so for me with AppSumo, you know, the first, it was clear it worked. The first year we did 300,000, second year we did 3 million but I didn't become a millionaire from the business till year six. Right? So, But it was like sticking with it, investing, investing everything in back in the business, investing with the team. And then eventually it was like, oh, wow, we have extra money. I'm, I'm going to pay myself. Uh, but that does take some time.
1: By the end of this business weekend, what do you hope that people come away with?
0: Confidence. In themselves. The belief that they can do it. And... This is a business book that's wrapped around self-help, but there's no self-help in there, right? It's really how do you're using business to grow who you are as a person and to believe more who you are as a person. And through talking with other people, through trying something you might be a little afraid about, and actually being able to even create your own dream life, which to me, I, can't, I literally can't believe I get to live this life. <laughs> I, like, I keep waiting for the landlord to kick me out of my own house. Like I keep waiting for them to knock at the door and be like, you got to go. I'm like, I knew it. <laughs> I'm like, it's so cool. And it took many years to, for me to get that point, point. and I, I'm excited to see other people do that in less time, and also uh, the belief that they, they have the ability to do these things themselves, which everyone does.
1: Our guest is Noah Kagan, founder of AppSumo. His book is called Million Dollar Weekend. Thank you so much for joining us on this special episode of Learn with Shopify, a collaboration between our audio and video teams here at Shopify. Shopify Masters is produced by Megan Coyle and Gogo Zoger. Our engineers are Matthew Schwartz and Miku Betlim. Benjamin Gottlieb is our multimedia lead. I'm Michelle Valley. See you next time on Shopify Masters.